0: Welcome to How My Country Works, with your host, Stephen O'Shea. Next up, located in the Caribbean, with the capital Bridgetown, a population of 287,000 and functioning as a parliamentary democracy, is Barbados. On the 24th of May, 2018, the island nation of Barbados succumbed to a wave unlike any that usually wash up against its sandy shores. After over a decade in opposition, The Barbados Labour Party swept to power in a landslide election, not only introducing the country's first female leader, the current Prime Minister, Mia Motley, but also securing every single seat in the 30-seat parliament. Since then, the government has embarked on dramatic reform and is set, later this year, to officially remove the British monarch as its head of state. But why is it that this country that secured its independence almost 50 years ago, and is better known as the home of one of the queens of pop, Rihanna, still even has Queen Elizabeth as its head of state. In order to dive a little bit deeper into this and the historical and political climate of Barbados, I'm joined on the show by Professor Trevor Bernard, Professor of History at the University of Hull. Professor Bernard, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me on this this podcast to talk about the history of Barbados. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Well, we're delighted to have you. Could you just start by giving us a bit of a history of Barbados?
1: I think one of the things that I'd emphasise straight away in terms of talking about Barbados is its particular geography.
0: Why is that?
1: Barbados is geographically distinct, in particular in that it's very hard to get there. Uh, You have to know where it is. The the particular currents means it's quite difficult to get there. And it was particularly difficult. Uh, for people who, for the indigenous peoples of the Caribbean. Uh, so although there was indigenous settlement in the Caribbean a very long time ago, uh, by the early 17th century, when the first English settlers arrived there in 16 in, in the early 1620s, uh, Barbados was a place which had been unsettled for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. There had been a small indigenous population there, but these had been enslaved by the Spanish in the 1500s before the first English settlers even arrived. So it was relatively untouched when they set up shop there. What impact does this have?
1: That makes a very big difference. It wasn't a place that was part of the Caribbean, a part of Indigenous uh, America, which means that when Barbados was settled in the early 1620s uh, by English settlers. Uh, following on from the settlement of St. Christopher and Nevis uh, early on and, and, and attempting to create an English empire in the Spanish America, it was uninhabited. And that meant that the early, the early history uh, of Barbados was, was one of English settlers and then later African, African immigrants uh, coming over as enslaved people.
0: Right. So the English settlers can basically just start establishing a colony on the island straight away. And instantly begin bringing over slaves to grow sugar, which is highly sought after at the time. And so it's hugely popular, right?
1: Uh, Barbados was the place where more English colonists went to than anywhere else in America. Uh, It was in in English America. It was much more popular than, for example, Virginia, uh, let alone New England. Uh, And they went there to make money, to establish themselves in the island and to create a particular type of culture. It was a get-rich-quick type of place. It was highly exploitative of the environment, of people, uh, of money. It was a place where people uh, very much wanted to to make a lot of money, go home quickly, uh, and lord it over everybody else.
0: Wow, it sounds pretty full-on. What drives all of this?
1: The big event in Barbados was the introduction of Sugar, And an even bigger event was the introduction of African slavery. Of course.
0: And that's despite slavery really having been eradicated in Britain. But these plantations are hugely successful.
1: Barbados was probably the richest place on earth. Wow. Well, it was the richest place on earth for the most fortunate owners of enslaved people, say the 175 large planters who had 150 or so enslaved Africans, Uh, And it had created a particular type of society, uh, which was to then spread out of Barbados to North America, to the rest of the Caribbean, uh, and created all the things about slavery and plantation we know in the 18th century. And that's why Barbados is important. It's world important in the 17th century.
0: Whoa! So actually, a lot of ideas of slavery as we know it started in Barbados. That's incredible. But then how does the country deal with the abolition of slavery in 1834?
1: Um, Enslaved people in Barbados became free. The difficulty was, however, is that the economic basis of of Barbados uh, was very much based upon the plantation system. Barbados alone of the British West Indian colonies had a substantial and local white resident planter class. It was completely devoted to the plantation system which means that even though from the 1830s onwards, enslaved people were free, to an extent that freedom was a bit illusory because they still had to work uh, in, in, in cutting sugar.
0: Right. So even though they gained their freedom, they're still kind of stuck on this island and need to work on the land that is still owned by the white plantation owners. It's only as we get into the 1900s and the early labor movements start to form Including the formation of the Labour Party in 1937, who we touched on earlier, that things start to shift and change, and this eventually leads to independence in 1966. Why does it take them so long to break away from Great Britain?
1: Among the among the British islands of the Caribbean, it was always most notorious or most conspicuous uh, for being able to replicate British culture. Uh, the the the, the Idea of well, one of the, the nicknames for Barbados is Bimshire, um, so that so that it does seem like a um, in many ways a place which uh, is very similar to, Bar- to to Britain. It still is a place uh, where British people go to um, and um, to have large houses um, it's, it's, and, and, and 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 cultivate British culture. We can think of this as one of the things for which Barbados <laughs> is most famous which is its it's extraordinarily talented cricketers. Interesting.
0: And this kind of speaks to the relatively significant population of people of Caribbean descent in the UK as well, and its popularity as a tourist destination for British people. This tourism has really transformed the country's economy as
1: well, right? Barbados has diversified uh, in the last 30 years. It's less dependent on sugar than it was uh it's more it's it's done very well in regards to tourism and it's it's uh, got very sophisticated uh it and um and and other other high tech industries uh its gdp is relatively high for a caribbean nation um and it's always been extremely politically quiet and and and, and settled
0: yeah absolutely it's been spared a lot of the turmoil and disruption of many former colonies, though this most recent election that we spoke about at the beginning certainly turned things on its head. Moving away from politics, though, is there an event or celebration or holiday that's significant
1: in Barbados? I think the, I think the event that I would concentrate on is uh, uh, their most prominent festival, which lasts for six weeks or so from July to August, uh, which is crop over and it ends up in... Con- Kaduman day um, Like many places in the Caribbean it has a carnival It's interesting that there are carnivals in, in, um, uh, in, in summer rather than around Easter which suggests it's not very much connected uh, to what we would consider as normal with car- carnivals which is the, the uh, Catholic the Catholic festivals around Easter etc. Um, Barbados is a strongly Protestant, uh, country with a strong religious orientation. But Propover, which has lasted now for 200 years, uh, celebrates the end of a sugar harvest, and it involves a whole lot of festivals, uh, fates, plays, um, all sorts of, of of cultural and arts activities, lots of ways in which people in uh, in in all parts of Barbados, from Bridgetown, this major city, to small villages and and agricultural settlements uh, get together to celebrate. And I think it shows um, it, it shows in that way just the enduring importance uh, of agriculture, the plantation system, and that crop of sugar in particular in defining a certain type of Barbadian identity. If Barbadians, Barbadians define themselves uh, in relationship to Britain, uh, they also define themselves very much in relationship to the plantation system and to sugar in general, um, and that ends up in a in, in, in a, a carnival time, which is, is which is pretty good.
0: Wow, it's so interesting to see how it ties back like that. Well, thanks so much for your time today.
1: That's great. Oh well, that was, that was fun. I hope that was. I'm glad that, that, that worked for you.
0: Absolutely, I think that's also the perfect place to end the show. Thanks so much to my guest, Professor Bernard. Join us next time where we'll be exploring the Eastern European nation of Belarus, which has been in the news a lot this year. As always, please do read us on your podcast app and recommend us to any friends that have a hankering for political knowledge. Follow us on Instagram at HowMyCountryWorks for extra insights and facts. And there you can message us around anything else you'd like to know about Barbados or any other country. This podcast is produced by Stephen O'Shea and sound editing is by Ashley Brown. See you next time and remember to keep asking. How My Country Works.